fucking humble host cannibal the cannabis animal excuse me i'm trying to recover from that last fucking hit and of course before we start the show i want to go ahead and give a shout out to our sponsor that's been here since day one this blunt report podcast is sponsored by weed smoke it that's right ladies and gentlemen all right my bad just letting that fucking airplane pass by what it do, guys? What it do, cannibals? What's up? It is fucking Tuesday. It's Tuesday. It's fucking Tuesday, the 22nd of September. It has been a fucking wild ride. We're already in fucking September, y'all. Fuck. Let's take a hit to that shit. Fuck it. Oh, yeah. How y'all doing? I hope you guys are in good health. If not, wish you the best. Really, man, this has been a fucking crazy-ass ride. Haven't been doing anything the last three weeks because, because it's just been fucking hot as fuck. Hotter than the Dickens. If you don't know anything about California, all the wildfires and all that bullshit, we, yeah, we've been dealing. Fuck it. Shit happens, right? All right. Today. We are going to be doing a pretty fucking cool episode. We're going to be doing it on LSD. Psychedelics, one of my fucking favorite subjects in the fucking entire world. So if you like psychedelics or learning about them or just fucking listening to somebody smoke bud while talking bullshit, it's the podcast for you. Again, before I start, I'm going to go ahead and give a disclaimer. So this is for entertainment purposes only. Of course, I will be discussing my own experience with LSD. So please, 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 if you are encouraged to do any of the things that are mentioned in this podcast, please, please, please do your research first. And of course, always have somebody there with you. If you're trying a new psychedelic, you don't know how you, how you will react to it. Please have a spotter, for real. With that being said, let's get started with this Blunt Report podcast. That's right. As always, if this is your first time listening, we talk about a lot of things here across the board. No politics. Fuck that bullshit. Nothing like that. This is all all fun and, sh- fun and bullshit. Smoking weed, talking shit. Paranormal, mostly. But of course, we'll touch, we are going to be touching different topics. And we have a fucking plethora, fucking huge array of, of shows coming up. We got them down. <coughs> So please, please keep fucking listening to this podcast. All right. As always, let's start off with a little bit of fucking paranormal bullshit or weird shit. All right. So we all know about Tesla. We all know that he's f- fucking huge influence on a lot of scientists, right? But it turns out the fucking FBI claims in a document that this motherfucker was from Venus. Yeah. Uh, okay. Sure. Why the fuck not? Let's go with it. So we all know that there's, there, yeah, somebody discovered electricity, but there has not been anybody who has contributed to the uh, implementation of electricity more than Tesla in this modern world. So, I mean, he fucking pioneered, you know, the use of uh, AC, uh, alternating currents to conduct experiments designed to transmit electricity wirelessly through the air. Now... Let's get a little bit a little bit into that, because I know I get fucking sidetracked, but you guys don't know. I well, it, it is said that Tesla was working on a generator that literally, like I stated before, was wirelessly would wirelessly power everything around you. Without harming you, 
or giving you secondary side effects of this shit. So, it is also said that on the day of his death, all the work that he had was jacked. By who? Do the research. Real talk. On the day of his death, somebody went to his apartment and and uh, forced, I believe, what, what we what you would call a landlord back then. They went to his apartment. They opened his safe. They fucking took everything. Now, this is just speculation. So, in, I guess, hypothetically speaking, of course, if you were able to produce energy wirelessly, continuously, forever, then the uh, the big companies, the big power companies would not benefit from that. Now, it has also been said that a couple people have tried to reproduce this and successfully have reproduced it, but before they reveal it to the world, they end up, they commit suicide, just like Epstein. <laughs> anyway, let's, we're gonna fucking uh, dive into that some other time, but that's just a little bit of a side note and shit. So, he did this in 1905. He submitted a patent that would tra- transmit electrical energy through, you know, a natural medium, through the air. So, um, because of, uh, he believed that Earth was one giant electrical generator. So, you could harness this and provide electricity without limits, you know, to everybody. So, like I said, nobody would fucking benefit from that, monetarily speaking, of course. So, there is a declassified FBI document. Now, if you guys don't know about that shit, believe it or not, the FBI has a shitload of documents that have been declassified that are in their archives that are just fucking out there. I mean, if you guys check it out, I mean, it's it's not... It's easy to get. If you look on Google, I guarantee you will... You will find it. So look up, look up uh, FBI archives. You will find a lot of crazy shit there. Trust me. Do that shit now. Go, 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 go. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> fucking stone or getting stone. So, in a de- declassified FBI uh, document titled Interplanetary Sessions Newsletter, it was dated 14th of June 1957. There's a paragraph that makes a huge, weird, bizarre statement or claim. That Mr. Tesla, Nikola Tesla himself, was from Venus. That's right, people. Fucking solved. <laughs> Real. Alright, so it says, and I quote, The space people have visited the Tesla engineers many times. And it goes on to say, And have told us that Tesla was a Venusian. Brought to this planet as a baby in 1856. And left with Mr. and Mrs. Tesla in a remote mountain province. What is now known as Yugoslavia. So, um, the person who wrote this, uh, by the name of Margaret Storm, who supposedly, according to her, was assigned to work with the space people from Venus, she received some sort of revelation or information through a (laughs) through a device that Tesla built in the nineteen in nineteen thirty eight to make inner interplanetary communication more easy right on <laughs> holy that's a lot of shit taken now i'm not i'm not i'm not making fun of this shit real talk it's just like whoa what the fuck everything i talk about here i'm not making fun of why because i love talking about weird shit and two i really can't say it's it is true or not true that'll leave that up to you leave it up to the listener right for real you know what this fucking It was fucking talking like a pirate, Dave, recently. This we be hitting. I don't even know how the fuck talking like a pirate is shit. Wait, look at that burn. And we're still smoking on that fucking... Is it ice cream cake? No, OG cookies. Yeah. Mm. Oh, oh, oh. Make me fuck it. Not in my pants. So, um, yeah, it's it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of fucked up. It's kind of weird to say that he fucking came from Venus, but 
How the fuck do you know? You don't. How the fuck do you know that he didn't come from fucking Venus? You don't. But I'll I'll say this much. All the shit, all the work that he he proposed or all that shit, y'all, y'all, you guys just fucking look into some of his work, man. His is far-fetched off-chain gang shit. So check that shit out. So that, that's a fucking weird one. I don't know if I would even consider it, but the concepts he did have about energy might seem out of this world. I like that pun. You like that shit? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, a little bit more, just a smaller uh, interesting facts about Mr. Tesla is that he was exce- obsessed with the numbers 3, 6, and 9 where he would fucking drive around. He was so obsessed that he would drive around a building uh, three times before going into it. And um, he would only stay in hotels with numbers uh, divi- that are divid- dividable or divisible by three. So that's fucking, that's a little fucking weird. Now, the reason why he 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 believed in, in wireless energy was he took his inspiration from the pyramids of Giza. So I don't know exactly why the fuck he was so interested, but he, he believed that there were some sort of generators. Now, that is not the first time that you would hear that because some people do believe that these pyramids are generators, generators of energy. And not some fancy ass tomb like like a lot of people or like archaeologists first believe um, when they started fucking with this shit. And I, I there's another there's a YouTube video that I've seen before. I don't know if it's real or not, but somebody took a a a I don't know if it was a it's not night vision it's infrared camera and pointed it at the the pyramids at night and. <laughs> You could see fucking a big old beam of energy coming from it. And it's it just looks energized. And it's pointing up into the sky. So, I don't know. I mean, if y'all have seen Stargate, if you've, if you've ever seen the movie Stargate, that one's a pretty fucking good one, too. Because it has to do with some, some pyramid bullshit and all that stuff. Pretty much in a nutshell, um, somebody is digging up in the Giza Plateau. Just archaeologists back in the fucking... Way back in the days and shit. And they find this big old fucking huge ring thing. And of course, um, you know, it gets passed down from time to time. The government takes a hold of it. And I guess they figure out it's a fucking gate to another planet dimension, possibly. So, uh, yeah, <clears throat> I can see where that, that that is. Um, I could really see where that fucking um, could seem logical to to Tesla for real. And we got another good one, too. This just in. The FBI claims to have a zombie outbreak defense plan. So, <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, th- I don't know. It's probably just to make, you know, to to poke fun or some shit. But, um, there is an actual fucking um, handbook manual thing fucking that is in place just in case. If we have a fucking zombie out- outbreak somewhere and a crazy virus mutates and that's it. We all turn into goddamn zombie. Now, this is an official zombie preparedness plan that um, that includes a disclaimer noting that it was not actually designed as a joke. And that these strategies are outlined um, are the fucking real deal holy wheel. Holy wheel. <laughs> holy field. You shit. What the fuck? All right. So, the... Um, Preparedness plan called C O N O P eight 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 eight. So CONOP with four eights is the official zombie preparedness plan. Now it was written back in 2011 by a junior military officer at the U.S. Strategic Command, um, or uh, U.S. Stratcom. Fuck. <laughs> As a training exercise that tasked them with presenting a general invasion contingency plan. So, if it's not real, then you're faking it, but you're saying it's fucking real? Pfft, I don't know. So, it's a 31-page document that pretty much includes the concepts you might find in, in, in a you know, fucking zombie apocalypse plan movie thing. So, the crazy part about this is how fucking serious this fucking document seems. Real talk, real talk, real talk. I mean, I, I went over it, and it's fucking legit. So I don't, and this is coming, this is coming straight from fucking the Pentagon. That's fucking weird. So it's very serious. If you guys get a chance to look it up, look it up. It is 
Um, I, like I said, C O N O P. So Conop eight 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 and the official the official zombie preparedness plan. So check that shit out. That's fucking weird. Imagine. So I don't know, man. This is fucking weird. I really don't fucking know because everything that we've been seeing in the movies is kind of happening. Not, I mean, not everything completely, totally, but the whole alien thing. So it's, you know, the fucking government admitted that there's aliens. Okay. Not only did they, did they admit there's fucking aliens, but they have a vehicle, not of this world. Not only that, they have elements that are not of this world. What more fucking proof do you need? Right? So all the, the the disclosure is coming, y'all. You know, an official disclosure, not the ones that we've seen in in documentaries and shit like that. But it's coming for real. I expect by the end of this year or by the beginning, very beginning of next year in January, they're gonna announce. You know what? We got some shit to tell you. Aliens are hundred percent real. They've been here for a long time, and you know, there you go. And they're among us that won't be able to fucking know. But I bet you anything. And this, I'm going a little far out there. But if if they do state that there's aliens among us, you're going to see them come out. And you're going to be like, holy fucking shit. Don't be fucking, don't be fooled. Real talk. Guaranteed, I'm pretty sure there's some fucking treaty, intergalactic treaty or some intergalactic agreement. So... Yeah, we're probably the fucking center of these. It's, it's probably like fucking men in black. We're the center of, we're like a fucking airport. They go from here to planet Suckamadoo and fucking the Kalium galaxy or some shit like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's not, that's an actual galaxy, y'all. Look that shit up. <laughs> One more hit, bitch. I'm not calling every bitches, but you know. Celebration! Oh, yeah. Some people use wine. Some people use weed to fucking wind down. So, yeah, this is fucking actually not um, late in the evening. It's fucking 7.20 in the morning. So, I'm kind of winding up <laughs> for the day and shit. All right, so this is the interesting one. Um, a, a, <laughs> a professor from at the uni- University of Oxford claims that we are being bred by space space aliens to be hybrids. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty fucking nuts, man. Uh, so, the, this uh, professor, he is, um, he goes by the name of Young Hai Chi. He teaches Korean at the University of Oxford in England. And he claims that the aliens have this secret breeding program. Since way back in the day. <laughs> so, um, he, he, he kind of goes off of, uh, I guess, the the abduction claims, or the alien abduction claims have gone up in, in recent years and, and by a significant amount. I don't know exactly the amount, but they have gone up. So, um, he, he also draws his conclusions from a retired, retired uh, professor. From the temple, uh, from uh, Temple University. Now, this guy's name is uh, David Jacobs, and he runs the International Center for Abduction Research. Now, a lot of these these cases that the um, this uh, person, not a doctor, whatever the fuck his name is, David Jacobs, he interviews more than a thousand people who who claim to be abducted, and he uses hypnotic regression to you know make them, I guess, go back to the day that they were abducted. Now. This is kind of controversial, but even Jacobs himself says that, you know, it really can't be taken 100% seriously. So, Mr. Chi kind of takes it at face value and runs with that shit, which is, you know, I, I get it. I mean, he, the reason why he thinks or he claims that aliens are, are, are breeding with humans is to adjust to the climate change because a lot of shit is happening. Uh, greenhouse gases, gases and carbon monoxide are increasing. So I mean I can understand why he thinks that. Don't know who the how the fuck he he um, <laughs> he got that shit. Of course when he you know when climate changes everything with the rays of the sun, 
the temperature going to get colder, they're going to get hotter. So they're supposedly um, a breeding breeding new new uh, type of alien half fucking human shit to uh, I guess combat that. So I don't know how the fuck that's possible, but fucking hey, shit. So all right, let's let's uh, get away from that crazy shit. Tomorrow, crazy shit. Ha! Hit this fucking beat, my homie. What's up, baby? What, what it do, homie? What up? What up? Oh, yeah. Mm. It might be unprofessional to drink coffee on a podcast. I don't give a fuck. But weeding coffee, mmm. That's a good breakfast. Ha <laughs> ha. All right. Let's do a little bit of a, in honor of LSD and psychedelics, City Council of Ann, in our, blah, 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 blah. City can- Council in Ann Arbor, Michigan, will um, uh, unanimously vote to decriminalize psychedelics. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Fucking Ann Arbor, Michigan is fucking doing that shit, doing a thang thang. There we go. That's what I'm talking about, really. They're following the footsteps of, of Oakland and Santa Cruz, California, where they're, you know, making these type of arrests or these type of possessions the lowest priority in the, the law enforcement chain. So kudos to uh, Jeff Hayner and Ann Bannister, uh, council members who sponsored the resolution for um, you know this type of, of plan. Now, and I quote, well, actually I don't quote. Uh, he, um, Mr. Hayner, was quoted to say, "Decriminalization of naturally occurring medicines is necessary for progress." Hayner said in a press release. We can no longer turn a blind eye towards the wisdom of indigenous peoples and the bounty of the earth provides. And the bounty the earth provides. I have been moved by testimonies of those who have found profound relief from the use of the entheogenic plant. Now, um, the and uh, uh, the person who kind of headline headlined this um, this whole shebangabang thing was somebody by the name of Julie Barron. She is the chair of Decrimin- Decriminalized Nature and Arbor. So, um, so she's the therapist, and she sees people every day that are really at the end of their fucking wits, at the end of the wits and shit, literally suicidal. And um, it's it's very very apparent that we need something like this to assist not only you know, um, here in the United States, but everywhere in the U.S. In the, <laughs> in the fucking uh, across the globe. What the fuck am I saying? I'm stoned as fuck. So we all know the 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 outcome of, of depression. A lot of the times people can't handle it. A lot of the times people can't hang, handle anxiety. They have no no outlet, no nobody to turn to, nowhere, nowhere to heal. And the drugs that they shove down their throat makes it worse. If you ever listen to the commercials on TV, that you know it helps with this, it helps with that. This type, this type of clinical depression, but this medicine may may help assist in your suicide because it makes it worse. That's what it's. That's what I hear. That's what it says. And there is a long, long, long list of side effects. So. And just on a side note, I remember that um, I, I used to hang out with a friend, older cat, older cat, veteran. He was a, um, he was numb and all that stuff and got his knees blown out in Laos. Got, he was ambushed while coming in uh, on his, uh, on the boat or the airline or whatever the fuck you want to call it. And he, and he used to tell me that, uh, <laughs> crazy story. He used to tell me, yeah, man. You know, see all these all these drugs I have to take, all these interactions. He would show me just one fucking pill that he was taking. It was just a long list. And he, he would tell me, oh, these pills keep me from killing you. Like, fuck, I would, I would always fucking kind of like, oh, shit. Kind of make me wonder. He never, he was never aggressive towards me. We used to smoke a lot of weed. And um, the crazy thing about it is I think he stopped taking his meds while one of my other supposed homies started hanging out, hanging out with him because... uh. He told me that he went over to his house 
And my veteran homie that, you know, was in, in the Vietnam War showed him a shotgun. He's like, oh, come here, look at it. And my other friend said that fucking, um, the gun went off <laughs> right by his head. So I don't think it went off on an accident. But when it, the next time I went to his house, there's a big old fucking shotgun hole in, in the roof. So, holy shit, man, that was crazy. But look at that shit. Obvious he has PTSD. Obvious he can't get over that shit. If this would have been legal or clinically legal back in the day, it would have helped him way, way um, before all this, all, all the bullshit he had to go through with pills. So I understand that. And folks, let me tell you that this, this, I, I'm not sponsoring, I'm not fucking kissing anybody's ass, but this article is coming straight from Marijuana Moment, it's not my research, and as I stated before, when I, when I don't do the research, I give props to wherever I'm getting the, the info from, so I'm gonna go ahead and read a, a quote from, from uh, Julie Baron, the, um, the chair of Decriminalized Nature and Arbor, said, and I quote, this resolution is about restoring our connection to ourselves and restoring our connection to nature. She said, our ancestors used these plants and fungi, and there is much early documentation of this. Western society sadly has almost eliminated the use of these natural compounds. So, it's incredible to see the unanimous support of our resolution by the Ann City Arbor City Council. Four city council members co-sponsored the resolution, Hayner, Bannister, Ramlawi, and Griswold. And even the most conservative council members voted for our resolution. <clears throat> Entheogenic plants and fungi are officially de decriminalized in the city of Ann Arbor. We are humbled and proud and can't wait to work with the city and the community on harm reduction and community education. That, ladies and gentlemen, that are these are footsteps steps to fall to be followed by every other fucking state here. Real talk. What I just read around, that's a huge solution. Even the most conservative of council members voted for this. Now, the U.S. needs to get behind what Ann Arbor, Ann Arbor, Oakland, Santa Cruz, and I'm, I'm sure more other states that I'm not aware of are, 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 are heading for. This is the perfect example that we need to, to start with this fucking whole war on drugs thing. Imagine what we could do with this. Now, this transition transitions into what we're going to be talking about today, LSD. We're going to go over a couple things, but just my main questions, and we're going to drop, we're, we're going to um, go in from there, we're going to branch out. So the first question is, why aren't you taking another hit? <laughs> Let me take another hit in that shit. I'm saying, just right. Gotta get on the level, baby. What's up? Alright. Okay. LSD. What is it? So, LSD is known as acid. Or, the actual term is lysergic acid diethylamide. It is a hallucinogenic drug. Uh, typical, typical states are pretty much aware of your surroundings, um, altered state of consciousness. Some people do hear shit. Some people do see things, but that's on a fucking sick-ass trip. So, one, typically, the effects start within half an hour and can uh, last up to 12 hours. So, it's more, it, it's... Now, people do use it recreationally, but... Of course, it's seen a huge, huge, huge uh, incline in use for, you know, uh, spiritual and therapeutical purposes. So, therapeutic. I keep fucking that up, therapeutic. <laughs> therapeutic purposes. So, um, this was discovered accidentally, quote-unquote accidentally, by a Swiss chemist by the name of Albert Hoffman. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and give a moment. And thank Mr. Albert Hoffman, wherever you are. Of course, I'm pretty sure you're gone now. But thank you. Thank you. Really. Your discovery and your uh, your 
will to dive into your own shit and dose yourself was probably one of the the biggest uh, game changers in psychedelics, really. So you that acid has influenced so many people, but there is kind of a fucking shitty thing about it that we'll talk about uh, uh, later. But um, so yeah, um, LST. Now there is very low dependence, um, or um, very low risk for dependency or addiction. Now that being said, it's still considered as a prohibited prohibited substance and a Schedule Three fucking drug. That's bullshit, right? So it's not. It, it doesn't let you. It it doesn't give you that addictive factor, but it's still illegal. Yeah, kiss my ass on that one. So. How was it discovered? Let's talk about that shit. Albert Hoffman, born January 11th, 1906 in Baden, Switzerland, died April 29th, 2008, at the age of 102. That's fucking nuts, right? So, of course, uh, he's a uh, nationality, nationality is uh, Swiss, went to the University of Zurich, and of course, we all know is uh, famous for um, discovering LSD. So, not only is he... Famous for discovering LSD, but he's also the first person to isolate the chemical compound in psychedelic mushrooms, which is psilocybin, and actually synthesize it. So recreate it kind of like a, you know, like a fake drug, I guess, if you want to call it. But he recreated that shit, and a lot of people have gone really fucking stoned off of that shit, off of uh, um, synthetic LSD, um, synthetic psilocybin. So this guy... Um, he was, uh, he was known for a hundred scientific articles and a bunch of books. Uh, one of the books called uh, LSD, Mind Sorgen Kind, which translates to LSD, my problem child. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so, and he, um, he shared the f- uh, first place with Tim Berners-Lee in a list of a hundred greatest living geniuses. And this was published by the, the uh, Daily, Daily Te- Telegraph newspaper. He had four children. And a wife by the name of Anita Hoffman. Don't know when she died. Uh, and he was a, low, a very low-income family. His godfather actually paid for his education. That's pretty fucking dope. Now, he was an employee of a pharmaceutical or chemical company um, called Sandoz, which is still in 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 business today. But I think they're they're a branch of a of, of a bigger company. I think uh, Novartis, I believe. So, um. He was, you know, working with a co-worker, uh, a professor by the name of Arthur Stahl. He was the founder and director of the pharmaceutical department of that uh, of that company. So, he began studying the, um, there's a, a supposedly quote-unquote medicinal plant called Dremia Maritima, Maritima, which is part of the squill family, and a, um, mostly the fungus on that. It's called ergot. So it was it was pretty much part of a plan to purify and synthesize the active ingredients for pharmaceutical use. Now, uh, the um, I guess they they used this fungus like way back in the day f- to induce labor or speed up labor, which they found out later was not fucking good. But they they there was some sort of pharmaceutical use to them, and this gentleman, Mister Hoffman, was trying to isolate that and you know study it and see. If what pharmaceutical use um, that had. So, uh, they're trying to isolate this um, lysergic acid from ergot that would actually help with, um, I, I believe, respiratory and, and, and uh, circulatory issues. So, it would stimulate that to make it, you know, help that shit. It's called, I believe it's called analeptic. So, while doing this, he synthesized synthesized this on a, on a, uh, November 16, 1938. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, November 16th, 1938. Should be celebrated by by everyone and shit, right? Like 420. <laughs> That's true though. So, um and it was not until 5 years later on April 16th, 1943, he decided to re-examine it, go over all his shit, this is that. And I don't know how the fuck this happens. Maybe he had it in his fingers, but he he was able to ingest by accident, you know, a bit of LSD. And <laughs> I guess through his fingertips. I don't know if that happens or not. 
I don't know if it go, can go through your skin. I think that's just a myth. But here is what he described um, as he was on that shit. See, it says, affected by a remarkable restlessness combined with a slight dizziness. At home, I lay and sank into a not unpleasant, intoxicated-like condition. Characterized by an extremely stimulated imagination in a dreamlike state, with eyes closed, he said that I found the daylight to be unpleasantly glaring. I perceived an uninterrupted stream of fantastic pictures, extraordinary shapes with intense, kaleidoscopic play of colors. After some two hours, this condition faded away. So he was he was seeing, he had visuals and shit like this. I'm pretty sure he took a pretty good amount, and maybe one point five. Maybe it would be a dose of 1.5 um, tabs, I guess. That sounds like he fucking had a little good trip right there. Shit. Now, three days later, on April 19th, which would come to be known as the equivalent of 420, which would be Bicycle Day, is when he really fucking said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to try this shit again, and I'm going to go fucking head first, dive into that motherfucker. April 19th, 1943, Mr. Hoffman intentionally ingested 250 micrograms of LSD. Holy fucking shit. That's two tabs and a half. Holy fuck. Because one, just a, a, I guess you can, you should start with probably 25 micrograms because one hit on an average one tab is supposed to be 100 micrograms. So, fuck me. That was fucking, that was a huge, that was a fucking huge deal, right? So, um, on this day, he, um, he asked his coworker, uh, look, man, I just fucking took some shit. Let's go ahead and you take me home. So over in Switzerland, it was customary to just ride around in your bikes, no cars, back in the day shit. Now, the reason that you couldn't use cars back in those days is because of wartime restrictions of World War II that uh, were prohibited the use of cars on public roads, so they had to fucking bike. So coincidentally enough, check this shit out. Albert Hoffman took LSD at 420, which is kind of fitting, right? So again, let's go back to the average dose is 100 to 200 micrograms. The motherfucker took 250 micrograms. That's two tabs and a half, and he fucked up. Fucked up big time. So, of course, he realized that he didn't want to fucking be fucked up at, at his lap, so he had his partner fucking uh, ride with him, and it was not fucking pretty. On the ride over there, he started fucking tripping balls, serious balls. Well, uh, so serious that he had to fucking go to the uh, to his house and, and call the fucking doctor. So here, we're going to go ahead and uh, do a couple of, of quotes from his, his, his fucking memoirs. And they're pretty fucking crazy. So Mr. Hoffman gets to his fucking house. And this is what he reported. So he began, he began tripping harder and harder once he got to his house. And, and, it's, and, it's, <laughs> it's this, and I quote, my surroundings have now transformed themselves into more terrifying ways, he notes in his memoir. Everything in the room spun around and the familiar objects and pieces of furniture assumed grotesque, threatening forms. <laughs> they, were, they were in continuous motion, animated as if driven by an inner restlessness. That's fucking nuts. So at this point, this motherfucker thinks I, he just LSD'd himself fucking stupid, so... I, I don't know what the fuck the deal is with the whole milk thing, but back in the day shit, and, and even Mexico too, if you fucking poison yourself or you drank some shit you weren't supposed to, oh, he needs some milk. Bring that motherfucker some milk. Down that shit, you know, counteract that shit. Don't even trip. So, this motherfucker tried that. He had no milk in his house. His homie went over to the neighbor's house and asked for some milk. So, he kind of was fam familiar with his neighbor, but this is what fucking happened uh, when his neighbor, neighbor came over. So, the, and it says, and I quote, the lady next door, whom I scarcely recognized, brought me milk. In the course of the evening, I drank more than two liters. She was no longer Mrs. R, but rather a malevolent, insidious witch with a colored mask. The neighbor was, <laughs> the neighbor was, 
Either the neighbor was fucking trip, fucking with this fool, like, oh, I'm gonna fuck with this fool, bring a mask, or that was a fucking real deal, Holyfield. So, I mean, fuck, man. I've heard of bad trips, but damn, this is a fucking bad one. Now, I've heard people take a thousand micrograms. I've heard people take 500 micrograms. Holy fuck. I don't even know how the fuck they do that. But I don't know if it's, it depends on what, what mood you're in. And I guess you have, you have to set the intention before you take LSD. That's for damn sure. And I think you have to set the intention with any type of, uh, of, uh, of, um, I don't want to say drug, but you know, whatever you're doing, weed, all that stuff, set the intention. What is it that you want from, from your experience? What do you want to gain? Now, of course, sometimes we don't all do it spiritually, of course. Yeah, I get it. But we're, if, if you're on bud, if you smoke bud and all that stuff, uh, if you fuck with LSD, you drop shroom, you, 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 uh, eat shrooms and all that bullshit, set the intention because literally this is what I think. It can make you a better person if, you ha- if you're struggling with anxiety and depression. If you're not, and if you're cool and positive 100% ch- chill, then cool. But this is a tool. This is a huge tool, and you have to learn how to use this tool. You have to set your intentions beforehand. If you want to heal emotionally, that's what you do before you drop LSD. Say a prayer. It doesn't have to be to a fucking a deity, to Jesus Christ. Whatever you believe in, a higher consciousness, fucking God, whatever you want to call it, do that before, and it helps a lot. Now you're not you're not praising any any deity. You're asking the universe to to guide you. You're asking the universe to guide you through this trip of healing. Sometimes it might not be the trip you want. But it's the trip you need, and I've been told that told told that by by many people that that have fuck with LSD. So let's uh get it get a little bit more into this shit. Here's another quote from them, from Albert Hoffman. He fucked. I know he fucked up somehow. A demon had invaded me, had taken possession of my body, mind and soul. I jumped up and down and screamed, trying to get free my trying to free myself from him, but then sank down again and lay helpless on the sofa. The substance with which I had wanted to experiment had vanquished me. It was the demon that scornfully triumphed over my will. Holy shit. <laughs> Damn, that's some, some super philosophy Buddha shit for real. <laughs> this motherfucker fucked up. Or maybe, you know what? Maybe he, he, um, well, I don't think he fucked up. I do and I don't because he went in blindly to, to just fucking try that shit. Now, he may have ingested it on accident. When he went home, he had a good trip. But maybe he wasn't in the right state of mind. Maybe he was too nervous to take that shit. That's why he bad, had a bad trip. You know? It happens, y'all. You know, we haven't taken a hit in a bit. Let's fucking take a hit. And a sip of my coffee. That was good, yeah? It was good, yeah. Now, this is the one that trips me up the most. I was seized by the dreadful fear of going insane. I was taken to another world, another place, another time. My body seemed to be without sensation, lifeless, strange. Was I dying? Was this the transition? Huh. Ha <laughs> ha! If you guys know, you know what that little shit fucking ha ha is. So... After, after the fucking, um, all this shit happened, the doctor was called, they came to his house, they checked him out, hey man, you're good, you're fucking chilling, but you might have, might be having a psychotic break, so, (laughs) um, so the only thing that really was kind of concerning to the doctor when he got there was that Albert Hoffman could not speak coherently, so maybe, not, maybe this sound of, uh, uh, it didn't sound like he was drunk or slurred, but he probably couldn't have a fucking, he couldn't even probably arrange a fucking actual sentence because he was so fucked up. Now, after the doctor came and told him, yo, man, you're tripping on shit, chill the fuck out, they put him to bed, nice and relaxed, then he started to enjoy the trip, and this is what he reported. Now, little by little, I could begin to enjoy the unprecedented unprecedented colors and plays of shapes that persisted behind my closed eyes. 
kaleidoscopic, fantastic images surged in, in on me, altering, variegated, opening and then, and then closing themselves in circles and spirals exploding in colored fountains, rearranging and hybridizing themselves in constant flux. Every sound generated a vividly changing image with its own consistent with its own consistent form and color. Right on. So, this is what he reported the morning after. And I quote, A sensation of well-being and renewed life flowed through me. Breakfast tasted delicious and gave me extraordinary pleasure. When I later walked out into the garden, in which the sun shone a, a now... Which... In which the sun shone now after a spring rain, everything glistened and sparkled in a fresh light. The world as I, the world was as if newly created. All my senses vibrated in a condition of highest sensitivity which persisted the entire day. I mean, fuck me, man. Imagine you fucking trip balls and all of a sudden, next morning you fucking feel fucking right as rain, chilling. Woke up, all good and shit. The most, the most trippy, trippy part about this for Mr. Hoffman is that it didn't give you a fucking hangover or a, you know, after effect. So, that's fucking always good. Imagine drinking beer and not being hungover and shit being fucked up. The next day you wake up, ride is fucking rain. If not, just smoke a bowl and shit. That really helps a lot too for a hangover. Trust on this shit. <laughs> so, uh, one thing that uh, tripped Albert Hoffman out is that he didn't think he would become a recreational drug. You know, it, it, he didn't think that's, that was going to fucking happen. But come on, fuck. Now, before we get off this uh, first bicycle day, I want to go ahead and just mention who started the whole uh, the the whole um, uh, bicycle day. Now, this this was uh, the uh, the first time he uh, Albert Hoffman took LSD on purpose was um, the first bicycle day, but the first official bicycle day was uh, started by a psychologist or a professor of psychology at Northern Illinois University in DeKalb by the name of Thomas B. Roberts. Now, he specialized in, in conscious, consciousness, psychedelics, and the transpersonal and mind-body relationship. Um, so, he decided to commemorate the first trip of LSD by um, hosting a special celebration. So, now, this motherfucker was supposed to commemorate it on the 16th, which is the first time he actually accidentally ingested it. But check this shit out. Since the 16th was on a weekday, he's like, nah, fuck that shit. I want to fucking party hard, so we're going to make this shit the 19th, which is the actual first um, first time he took LSD on purpose. So, I mean, now, I guess it kind of caught on a little bit. Not not too much of shit, not like 420. But this that's fucking kind of weird, right? That 419 and 420, so bicycle day on 419. Get fucked up off, off LSD on Friday. Smoke it out on fucking... Uh, on Saturday and shit, <laughs> but, yeah, that's how all that shit started, so, I mean, I, in all honesty, I've never fucking heard of Bicycle Day until I started doing this research, I may have heard it once or twice, but I never even realized what the fuck it was, I thought it was maybe an actual Bicycle Day, but now that, now that I see that this is fucking Bicycle Day, I might even partake on Bicycle Day, on the 19th, uh, this upcoming year, that's, uh, 2021, baby, fuck it, let's do it, Let's do a fucking uh, Blum Report special on that shit. This is actually pretty cool, too. So, he later on became, uh, I guess, outspoken against the prohibition of LSD. So, there was a lot of attempts to study this as a as a, as a medicinal um, chemical or, or thera- therapeutical purposes. But, um, you know, you know how, we all know how the fuck that shit is. And it's therapeutic, by the way. <laughs> So I want to go ahead and talk about a few people that really were early advocates for LSD. So let's get, let's talk about that shit. One of my favorites, if you guys don't know who, who this person is, he was a spiritual guru and early LSD activist by the name of Ramdas, Baba Ramdas. Now he was from Arkansas. Um he yeah, I mean many many spiritual you th- when you think of Mary, uh, spiritual teachers, you would think of, you know, uh, uh, people with robes, you know, uh, other countries, shit like that. So he went in search of uh, of spirituality and found it and became a, a, a huge spiritual teacher, a guru, one of my fucking favorites. I really l- love the way he presents things, and I read one of his books, and it's just 
whoa. I don't get it. It's it's funny because I don't understand it through words. It's fucking weird. When I read it, I don't understand it mentally, but spiritually, I feel it. And I understand, like, oh, shit, that's what he means. Anyway, um, Ramdas dropped everything. Everything. He had a fucking, he had the life, man. Ramdas, um, former name Richard Alpert. He was a psychology, I, I believe, a professor. And he, he literally dropped everything to, you know, to, to take the spiritual journey, spiritual quest, which is fucking amazing. This shit really helps you find yourself. Not everybody's gonna, you know, give all their, give away their possessions and go to India or go all, all across, you know, Asia to, to find a spiritual guru. Why? Because he took psychedelics. He, he took, I, I think he took psilocybin, the synthetic psilocybin, and he just, that shit fucking changed his mind forever and took him on a journey where he would find his spiritual teacher which in turn would kind of not, he wouldn't turn him into a spiritual teacher, but the teachings helped him to build that. And, you know, not, not as a career, but as a, a guide. And he, and a lot of his stuff, man, is fucking far out psychedelic groovy shit. And it's, it's dope. I love it. He, he was homies with, with Timothy Leary, which I think put him on psychedelics and Allen Ginsberg. These people were the early activists for, for um for LSD and and a lot of these people were fucking well educated, highly paid. That decided highly paid people that decided you know what fuck this let's let's do it to it. So he, he I mean come on in the nineteen sixties, um, uh, getting kicked out of, of of your job as a professor because you are trying psychedelics. I mean that's just the craziest biggest way to fucking to stick it to the man. Motherfucker used to have big fucking parties in mansions, dropping LSD all fucking day until he felt like he had enough of that shit. So, yeah. So if you guys don't have a, get a chance to check him out, check out uh, 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 Ramdas uh, and on YouTube, and he has a lot of good, good, uh, good speeches, a lot of good shit to teach. Really, if that's your thing, check him out. By the way, Ramdas means servant of God. Just if you guys, any of you guys are wondering. Another one we all know about, or some of us know about this, uh, is Timothy Leary, which was a very, very good friend with Ramdas. He was a a psychologist and an advocate for psychedelic drugs during the 1960s. He was imprisoned uh, for bud, for weed, so he escaped only to fucking get caught. So I mean, his career was was one of a, of a lecturer, a very smart man. Um, had a, I, I believe a, a a few kids. Very sad. His wife did commit suicide early on in his marriage while his kids were, um, you know, small. So uh, that's fucking crazy. Uh, this happened in 1957. And he started lecturing at Harvard, Harvard University. He experimented with drugs. First time, I believe, he took mushrooms in Cuernavaca, Mexico, alongside with Ramdas. But he, Ramdas didn't, he didn't take any. He didn't have enough and shit. So he started, he started um, doing, I guess, uh, research. Uh, for the use of this uh, of this fungus, and uh, he also started using LSD in 1960, and after that scandal, shit, uh, universe in the university where he was lecturing at, discovered that students were um, also getting fucked up. He was discharged in 1963, so he's it's it's he's been um he's been <laughs> he's been named a, a lot of things, especially by Richard Nixon. He dubbed him the most dangerous man in America. So, um, it's, 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 um, it's sad, but I mean, I guess you don't know better back in the 19 fucking dicky D2s and shit, uh, back in, back in the days, drugs were very, they're still an unknown today because there's so much stigma and so much bullshit around, you know, uh, drugs like these, you can't really study them. So, Imagine if you're ignorant then, we're still ignorant now because we don't know a lot of shit about them. We're barely opening our, our, our minds to to a better understanding of these drugs and not schedule them as, as just bad and, and, and arrest people for them. So we all know the get down and shit. One interesting, one interesting thing about Albert Hoffman is that this motherfucker would dose anybody. He'd be like, hey, man, this out. I got some shit right here. Take this out. You'll trip out on that shit. Don't even trip, dog. I got you. And he would even, he would fucking try to dose uh, cockroaches and... And a bunch of other bugs. So that's fucking crazy. He did his own experiment. So that was fucking dope. So let's um, 
talk about a, a couple of famous people that have used LSD have benefited from it. A lot of smart minds have used it. Francis Crick, he was, I guess, um, one of one half of famous Watson and Crick, um, that who reportedly discovered the double helix structure of DNA in 1953 while on LSD. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the reason why we have a double helix is because of LSD. Thank them motherfuckers for that. So <laughs> that's fucking crazy. We all know one of these motherfuckers too. Uh, Steve Jobs took LSD. Silicon Valley, and we're and a lot of this fucking microdosing shit. We'll talk about this now. It's gonna be a two part episode because there's a lot of fucking ground to cover with LSD. So I'm not gonna be lazy with this fucking episode. So it's gonna be a two part two part doozy. Um, yeah, man, this motherfucker throughout a period of 1972 to 1974 used LSD approximately 10 to 15 times. So I guess he would use a liquid LSD in a sugar cube. Take that shit. And so. He literally has no fucking words to explain the effect and changes of, of, of LSD. But the little fucking piece of shit Apple uh, phone you got right there, because of that motherfucker. Apple was so, so fucking great when Steve, jo- Steve Jobs was alive. But I decided to go with Android because it's fucking way better. So, ha, fuck all y'all. Just kidding. Um, yeah. Founder of Windows. Bill Gates. Also fuck with LSD. And there's a interview from Playboy 1994 <laughs> that just a little excerpt that says uh, uh, one LSD story involved you staring at a, at a table thinking the corner was going to plunge into your eye. That's Playboy ask, uh, making the comment. And Bill Gates response that was on the other side of that boundary. The young mind can deal with certain kinds of grouping around that I don't think at this stage I could. I don't think you're cap- as capable of handling a lack of sleep or whatever challenges you through. Uh, you throw out your body as you get older. However, I can never miss a day at work, which I don't fucking understand what the fuck has, has to do with LSD and shit. But, uh, yeah. So, um, the Beatles, meh. I mean, meh. Uh, they, they're they very famous for their all their shit. Um, of course, you know, all that Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Band. If you fucking, if you ever fuck with the Beatles music, you'll fucking see the transition from she loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. To fucking Yellow Submarine and Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts backed up and all that bullshit. So you'll know they're fucking, they're fucked up off of that shit. Nobel Prize winning chemist Carrie Banks Mullins, uh, American biochemist, won the 1993 Nobel Prize in chemistry for making valuable improvements to poly- polymerase chain reaction technique. I don't know what that is, but that sounds fucking super important. Another fucking great mind that was fucking helped by LSD. Shit. Uh, American mathematician Ralph Abraham. Uh, in an interview by with GQ magazine, he discussed how psychedelic insights really influenced his mathematical theories. Imagine fucking mathematician. I mean, you know what? Fuck, I can't get this goddamn fucking equation down. Let me take some fucking some acid. Let me see what the fuck I come up with. And bam, that's it. You come up with a goddamn solution. Well, that's fucking crazy. There's got to be something more to this LSD thing than it being just a fucking shitty uh, or, or, or a bad drug, as it's classified. All right, we'll do one more, one more. Um, Richard Feynman, or Feynman, I, I fucking, if I'm butchering his name, excuse me. He's one of the most, one of the greatest theory, theoretical physicists in history, and he fucked with LSD shortly. So I don't know about his achievements, but I'm thinking if all these fucking great minds, all these fucking... Oh, so much intelligence in these people. And they took LSD. There's got to be something to it. So, with that being said, in the next, or in the ha- the next half of this uh, Blood Report episode, we are going to be talking about the kind of shitty side of of LSD and how the CIA had a hand in using it as a mind control drug of sorts. That's fucking bullshit, right? I know. And also, the next half, we'll be talking about microdosing and how it can benefit you. And finally, by the end of this fucking Blum Report, I will be dropping, not a full tab, <laughs> half a tab. Because I, I want to be at least coherent. So, I'm going to do that shit. 
Meanwhile, I'm going to sign off with this fucking bow. That's right, baby. Fuck, had to pause a little bit at the end. Alright, so that will do it for the first half of this LSD episode. Please check me out on Spotify. Everywhere you fucking um, have fucking access to podcasts. Check out my Instagram, at The Blunt Report. Also, uh, yeah man, if you guys have any listener stories uh, about paranormal shit, anything weird, anything off that you believe is, is worthy of... of, uh, of um, you know, turning into a story, let me know, hit me up, hit me up at the Blunt Report, and also at, uh, Cannibal, Cannibal Blunt Report at gmail.com, so that's C-A-N-N-A-B-O-W-L, Blunt Report at gmail.com, hit me up there, so, yeah, man, signing off with this fucking, um, latest episode of LSD, thank you guys for listening, Catch you on the flip side. Deuces, baby. Peace out. I'm here to say, hear me now. This is a soul fire production. Soul fire production.